Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise your podcast. That means that you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm forward slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. The pressure to innovate is constant. It can be crippling or it can be a catalyst for your best thinking and your best work. Every year, Harvard Business School Executive Education helps executives like you understand the forces that drive change and find new approaches to compete and win on innovation. Change course. Get ahead. Go. Start by going to hbs.me slash go. That's hbs.me slash go. Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live is the standing eight count, and it starts now. Before the first round, I'll make a back down. I'm coming for the ground, and no, we don't back down. I'll keep the track down, screaming loud, the crowd's gonna react. Wow, pound for pound, I'm the best in this game, hand, hands down. The way I stand out, ain't looking for a handout. I'm undisputed, gassed up, and never ran out. I'm underrated, undefeated, and look the grand top. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of One Stating Account Radio. This is episode number 12. Ryan Cook here coming at you. Rock is solo for a little bit here. Uh, Elijah's having a little technical difficulties. So he will be in when he gets in. Uh, I'm sure we can all place the blame on this guy. Oh, fuck! Aaron. Uh, he has a lot to be involved with in the news here. Uh, talking more unification fights and stepping down and jumping and dancing and, and all sorts of hoopla that is just getting really annoying with this Bob Aram camp. Um, I really hope once again, it doesn't affect anything with, with one Terrence Bud Crawford, but we shall see, you know, over the next couple of years what happens, but we also will be doing a live watch. Uh, Elijah has yet to see the Anthony Joshua versus Joseph Parker fight. So we he'll be watching that live breaking that down for you as we watch it. Obviously, we'll have some other banter as well in it. I did check the fight out yesterday. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a fight. <laughs> I'll say that. Well, you know, I don't want to really say anything else because, you know, like I said, Elijah hasn't seen it. So we're going we're gonna to keep that up and new for him. But obviously, the big story coming out of the last, last week here is Saul Canelo Alvarez gets suspended. Um, you know, looking looking up things right here, right now, um, it is now in the not unlikely state as the Nevada State Athletic Commission files drug complaint against Canelo. This came out on the 29th, just a couple days ago. Um, I believe he still has a, a hearing on April 10th. Um, they'll be able to explain the February 17th and February uh, 20th failed drug test as well. 
Uh, with the filing of the formal complaint, Bennett made Alvarez hearing part of the commission's regularly scheduled monthly meeting on April 18th, just two weeks before the fight date, making it a virtual certainty that the fight will not go forward as planned. This is breaking off here. Sergio Martinez is in the house. How's the knees? <laughs> is about as is about as bad as my long shorts. <laughs> Sergio Martinez, ladies and gentlemen, the only boxer I've seen um, that wasn't a heavyweight wearing two knee pads uh, during a boxing fight with like his wrestling gear. And it looked like he was wearing like basketball shorts from the '90s that were like super long and <laughs> went down to his like ankles. <laughs> um, right before you jumped in, Elijah, I broke this news that Dan Rayfield had just just posted a little bit ago. Um, however, with the filing of the formal complaint, Bennett made Alvarez's hearing part of the commission's regularly scheduled monthly meeting now on April 18th, two weeks before the fight date, making it a virtual certainty that the fight will not go forward as planned on May 5th. Do, 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 do. <laughs> so we'll break that down. And... Just a string of stuff like Keith Thurman's not fighting now because he hurt, injured his hand. That fights off. There's there's a lot of uh, there's there's a lot that that is really interesting here. Um, you know, I I'm kind of bummed because there's some, there's some good fights that I was really looking forward to. Uh, Crawford Horn's been pushed back uh, to yes. June 9th. Um, the Jacob Suliecki fight is now moved up to an eliminator fight. So that's a positive that we're going to get a contender at least out of that fight, not just, hey, here's two dudes fighting. Yeah. Um, now, I, I broke down that that uh, the Joshua Wilder fight's going to be live on watch. Here we break it down. I'm hoping, as you haven't watched it, have you avoided spoilers? Uh, kind of. Kind of. Does yes. that mean kind of? So... What do you mean by you kind of avoided spoilers? I've heard I've like I had like results of a couple rounds, but that's about it. Okay, so you don't know who wins or anything. No. Okay, perfect. Then you have not been spoiled. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'm happy because I was gonna say otherwise, but just like, you know we can we can chat it up. Well, why don't you, do you uh Jim? Are you watching it on demand? Yeah, I actually recorded it. So. Ooh. Did you set an overrun? Um, I don't think so. Why will I miss out? Anigans to start before it even starts. Like you, you have to go like, like over half an hour before they even start coming to the ring. Oh no! What's going on? It, it was just because they're just talking and wasting time. It was, it was an annoying telecast. Um. So there. Um. If you can find it, man, you might want to go with the on demand because it's a lot longer than it gives off. Okay. Otherwise, you will not yeah, be finishing the <laughs> Okay, I'll have to. I'll have to try that. I don't know. Is I don't even know if it's on on demand yet. It might not be, and I mean, if it is, it is. If it isn't, it isn't. I I don't remember where it where it just where it goes, uh, depending how long the fight lasts. Um, but I decided heard some curmudgeon from people because they only like scheduled like an hour on the the DVR and then it's like 35 minutes or something before they even get in the ring so it's like well this thing they, they better finish this fight in four rounds oh no <laughs> otherwise uh, we're, 
your DVR is not. So uh, we're gonna let Elijah get that all set up, settled up here. Talked um, giving me a ton of grief, and it would not upload everything. So we're gonna be playing sportscast radio commercials. I hope you're interested in listening to some. I think it's. I think we got 26 on on the show tonight. Uh, for all you great soul people, I can't remember what we have, but we don't even boot up anything else. So we're gonna we're gonna check out these FML Solution fellas and their great deer stand. We're gonna take a break. I don't know how many commercial breaks we're gonna take because I don't know how long we're gonna go tonight. We're gonna go at least as long as Elijah watches the fight. So we're gonna give him a couple minutes to get the fight squared up. When we come back after break, we'll start Joshua Parker. We'll break it down. We'll talk it up. We'll score with you guys and have some fun. Uh, so we'll be right said check out fml solutions alex is going to tell you about them it's a great company and it's for you great people they come strong style media looking to get a head start on deer hunting season let fml solutions point you in the right direction hi alex from strong style media here letting our listeners know deer season just got a heck of a lot easier fml solutions offer a fantastic deer stand that only takes 30 minutes to assemble and disassembles with no tools required the best part, though, is its ingenious design allows it to double as a cart to haul your trophy back to the truck. FML Solutions is a made-in-the-USA product manufactured right here in Minnesota. Check out FML Solutions on Facebook by searching FML Solutions INC and visit FMLSolutionsInc.com to learn more about this innovative deer stand. Your late night hip hop and R&B podcast, Soda Sound Radio, hosted by Kyle Halffine Adams, every Thursday night right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Catch up on your latest on hip hop and R&B, and hear Minnesota talent at 10 p.m. Central. But if you trust the way I feel, I won't fold from the cards that you feel. Let's journey life together and make it worthwhile. Can't take it back like diamonds. See, my life is like a movie, no rewinding. Killing mics like I got a license. Victim, I believe don't have religion. Just a higher power. Who power? I'm not so happy with it. But I take a breath. Regain my pocket. Check my feet when I'm walking. See if it I've seen it all more than I care to reveal. I'm always sort of clear the air for the real. That's why I'm aiming at the real, man. Because this how I feel. Nobody being sincere. We need some changes for real. Again, that's Thursdays right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Thursdays at 10 p.m. Central. And if you're a musician, you want to get your music heard on the show, send the MP3 over to Soda Sound at strongstylemedia.com. Peanut. Peanut. This right here is Alpha Brain. I just drank some of this in a shake. I got to tell you right now, I couldn't be more clear. You're Clarity. 50, so I use it. I don't do anything without it. I'm addicted to I, it. I know, but I'm 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 48, but I feel like I'm 26. I have a boner right now. But I have so much energy. Like I actually, I, I'm I'm. And I took an Alpha Brain. And I never do. I I want to fight you. I want to fight you. I want to go, chin down, and I want to bang, bang. Oh. Hey, I'm Dr. Asking. What's up? He's been distraught ever since his friend smoked him last week in fantasy football. Now he's grabbed this post and he won't respond. He's got Luzonic plays. What is He's a loser. He's not a loser. Okay, he's a loser. What can he do? With DraftKings, he could have easily challenged his friend to a rematch. Okay, I can't. What are you? I can't see that. You need glasses. I'm also an optometrist. 
At DraftKings, you can play free private contests whenever you want. Strong Style Media presents Sportscast Radio, the one that started it all, with your host, Ryan Cook, and me, Jordan Jiskra. We're going to be giving you everything, and I mean everything from baseball, football, basketball, hockey, field hockey, soccer, bobsleigh, boxing, poker, Chef, Survivor, and even that weird sport where they do the hurdles and jump puddles in track and field. All right, maybe not that one. But from the college to the pros and from the rings to the rink, we've got you covered. Sportscast Radio. Standing eight cow radio back at ya, coming back at ya. Um, what up? Looking at the the undercard since they obviously didn't show the undercard. Alexander Povetkin gets a fifth round knockout uh, over David Price, not the pitcher uh, from England. Anthony Joshua's old sparring partner, <laughs> and uh, Price now is uh, considering retirement after what was considered. A uh, sickening fifth round knockout from Povetkin. Uh, he is now the number one contender for the WBA and WBO ranking, uh, and gets the and, and is the uh, secured himself a shot at the winner of the Joshua Parker fight from the victory. So Povetkin sneaking away from a couple drug failures in 2016 that he didn't get punished for, now sets himself up for a couple title shots. Yay. Like, I really want to see Pavek and fight more. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember last I, time was... Uh, I, didn't, I didn't even know he was still around. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's got, like, four or five straight knockouts since the since the, the Klitschko loss when he got unanimously outpointed by him. <laughs> Klitschko smoked him. So, yeah, he's, uh, he, he's steamrolling people right now. He's 34-1. and one. Uh, He's 38 he years old. Who is he steamrolling, though? Do we even I know? know? I I don't know to be honest with you because half of these guys don't fight in America, so we don't know. Can't tell you. All I can tell you is that he knocked out Joshua's sparring partner in the fifth round. And that's as much information as I know about David Price, not the Red Sox. Oh, he's the Red Sox now. <laughs> no, not the Red Sox. Not the Red Sox pitcher. Not but that David Price. I, but David Price is a Red Sox now, though. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, he was, he's been there for like two years now, I think. Jeez. I think, I think last year was his first or second season there. So he's been there two, three years, I think. Uh, he hasn't wow. done anything, though. That's probably why. That's probably, um, that's probably why I haven't heard anything. Uh, what, is your, uh, what is your fight situation looking like here? I'm at 50 minutes and 53 seconds. Like, they just kind of went out to the ring and exchanged jabs, and then I paused it. See what I'm saying? Like, like how long it was? Yeah, I like it. It's like fifty-three minutes in, and the fight hasn't even. The fight just started. <laughs> so, what is going on? Yeah, like, like I said, it was just like I'm looking at my DVR, going, "Well, good thing I am watching this when it was on because I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish this." Um, well, we'll see what happens. Well, I would say get keep watching the fight. You know, we can talk and score the fight as you're going through it. I'm away from my DVR, so I can't watch it at the moment. But okay. I have my, um, I have my scorecard right in front of me. I scored the whole fight. I I remember 
did, I remember parts of it um, that I that I did want to discuss, but I figure we can kind of we can kind of spitball around here as as we're watching this, uh, as you're yeah. watching this, we can kind of talk a little bit of, uh, about a few things. Obviously, the the main headline we brought up before. Canelo Golovkin 2 is now seeming to be an impossible, that it's not going to happen. My question for you, Elijah, is what does this do for Cinco de Mayo? What do they do with T-Mobile Arena and Gennady Golovkin, who's going to be prepared for the fight? Does this get postponed and these two guys fight later in May or in June? Or does nothing happen and they just cancel the venue? Or do we see somebody slide in and take, uh, take Canelo's spot against Triple G? If I'm Golovkin, I want to fight. You know, I'm getting older, and I can't be affording to, like, take time off and have these delays, like, in this stage of my career. So if I'm Golovkin, I'm taking a fight, who whoever I can get, and still have the fight and make Canelo wait. And if they don't want to wait, then I guess I move on, you know, move on to the title eliminator. I honestly probably... For a fight, just like off of a pure fight, I think I'd rather see Jacobs and Golovkin part two versus Canelo and um, Triple G part two, just because I felt like Triple G won that won the Canelo fight far easier than he did the um, Jacobs fight, and I feel like there's a lot more intrigue for for me at least for a second fight with Jacobs, just because Jacobs is one of my one of my favorite fighters out today and. It was a really close fight, and I feel like it pretty much almost came down to the knockdown that Golovkin had to like win the fight. So it was very close. So that's that's my opinion on it. I I I do agree with a lot of that too. I think obviously your money fight is Canelo Golovkin. Um, that's the one you know not only boxing fans but your casual fans want to see. But yeah. I have a lot of intrigue in a Jacobs-Golovkin rematch because I am one of the people who still is in the camp that I believe Golovkin let him stay in that fight to try to give De La Hoya an assurance that his guy's not going to get killed. And I think in a rematch, I think we see the real Golovkin. Now, the other thing that makes it really intriguing is I could be 100% wrong with it and, you know, it it'll, it shows how much better people think Danny Jacobs is, which then in turn is going to make another fantastic fight. So there's there's intrigue and I think a great fight all inside of it because you know some people think that that was you know that that he wasn't you know he was just ignoring the question just for no reason and some people think there was reason he was ignoring the question because he was just I'll take a round off, give him a round, then I'll win a round, then give a round and. So I, I, I do like that aspect that we we don't know what kind of a fight we're going to get. Whereas, like you said, I mean, I, I had I, – I think I was more favorable to Canelo, and I still had Canelo losing, I think, nine rounds to three. Yeah, or it was eight, like – I was I seven was, to five or eight, four or something. You know, it was – regardless, I had at least two – you know, I had Golovkin win at least two more than the draw. Yeah. So by the way, I gave uh, Joshua round one. It was a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty feeling out like nip and tuck type of round. Mo- mo- both guys were kind of jabbing and trying to feel the other guy out, but I just felt like Joshua looked better that round. So ten nine yeah, Joshua we, round one. Um, round one was a fight that I literally, in my my opinion, I thought I could flip a coin and I would just give it to one of the guys because of how much they really didn't do anything. 
Um, so I just went champions advantage, and I gave it to uh, Joshua as well. Thought, eh, if it's a, if it's that close, I'll give it to the better fighter. But yeah, yeah it, was, it was a very like, come on guys, let's. Uh, I know I know what you guys are doing, but let's do it a little bit better than this. <laughs> kind of a thing, but yeah. Um, uh, I will say too, you know, earlier the, the the part of the reason I think that made it a close round too is. Um, for what they did throw, Joshua was really trying to establish that jab and trying to really establish yeah. his own Joshua's. And he was defending really well, but Joshua was just putting together better combos, I think. Yeah, and I mean Parker was miss- Parker was missing a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was he was t- he was taking the initiative, not necessarily hitting, but yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. So far this round, they're just kind of following each other around and not really doing much. I mean. Parker's like kind of pawing a little bit every once in a while, but I mean, and he'll like come in and miss miss a couple punches, and then Joshua will kind of jab at him and follow him a little bit. It's like neither guy really seems like they want to like open up so far, which I I get for Joshua because this is like he wants to like look good, but he doesn't want to make any mistakes because this could be, you know, this could put a damper on like the ultimate goal here, so. Ryan? Hello? So, yeah, so, um, yeah, it's so far kind of a snooze fest. Um, Parker's kind of staying on the outside. Oop. There's a good body shot by Joshua. Two good body shots. Parker comes back. A little glancing blow up top. Parker does look a lot. He looks better than I thought he would. This fight so far. Let's see here. The clinch. One, two. That really doesn't land for Parker. Jab by Joshua. Jab, jab. Nice couple double jabs there. Ooh, nice hook by Parker. All right, I okay. I I'm calling in here because Block Talk is uh, hitting me with a nice hook. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I, I, there was there was something going goofy on on when when we first kind of booted up. It was kind of choppy and stuff, and I felt like we were being cut in and cut out a little bit. But uh, second round, I would say ten nine Joshua again. Pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty boring round. I mean, again, a lot of just like pawing and following, and Parker throwing some punches here and there and missing, and then Joshua kind of, you know, trying to establish his jab. Joshua did have a nice like triple jab that landed in that round where he kind of tripled him up and got him going backwards a little bit. Parker landed a, a pretty decent hook, too, but nothing crazy. Still. Ten ten nine Joshua just because he looked a little more accurate. Yeah, I went uh, I went ten nine as well on the uh, on the round. I, once again, another round that I thought you could kind of throw in a dartboard and see what happens. But yeah, I um, it was it was more the same. I thought that he did he did the right things to you know sway your judges and get the W. So he swayed me enough on that one. So I went yeah. 
Ted Nine as well got him up twenty to eighteen right now. Ted Nine, taking it Joshua. Both guys seem pretty pretty cautious. I mean, I I guess I would too because they're both pretty decent. They're, like Josh was a really good technical fighter. Parker's not bad technically, so I mean you don't you probably don't want to make a mistake against like either one of these guys. You know what I mean? So I could see mm-hmm. why they're kind of both being a little cautious. So because I mean they're both fighting the face Wilder, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely slower than I expected. But you know, once again, I said this in round one, and I, I look at it once again in round two here. Um, Anthony Ooh, there's, Jar- a nice, there's a nice little nice little flurry by Joshua that had Parker kind of back a little bit. Then Parker now comes back with some body work, and now they're kind of in the corner. Nice. That was a nice was, little bit of action there. Yeah, I was I was impressed with with um, Parker with with his D. I mean, Joshua still controls the ring. He's he's still controlling the whatever. Sorry, I'm fighting the blog talk here. Um, that that he did. You know, he he does enough to win the round. But I was I was surprised at how well that Joshua is not letting him not letting him do much. Ooh, got him in the corner. That was a nice little. This is definitely probably Joshua's best round of the best round so far, and this is like a a round where I feel like he's kind of really winning this round pretty handily. So back to back to Golovkin and Canelo. Um, <laughs> what like what I'll were your thoughts? Oh, fuck, Aaron. <laughs> what were you, what were you, what were you kind of what were you trying to what were you trying to get out before uh, Block Talk booted you? Yeah, so I guess I'm not sure when I got kicked, but to 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 make this a long story short, the thing that intrigues me though as well about the Jacobs fight did, did I did it, did this come out where I said I'm, I'm still in the camp that thought Club can let Jacobs stay in that fight? To, yeah. Okay, so th- that's that's basically it. It's like. If he really fought that way, I can't wait to see what he can really do against Jacobs when mm-hmm. he knocked him down so quick to start the fight and kind of establish that, all right, now I just need to win every other round and there's no way I can lose type thing. If yeah. he's able to go out and finish him in three, four rounds. But on the flip side, if he really was struggling, I'm intrigued to have to see what Jacobs can do now knowing that he's fought this guy and he can get in there. I think Jacobs yeah. ha- knows that Golovkin can drop him. I mean, we saw it right away. But we saw that Jacobs, with that fighting style, was giving him some fits on the inside. So there's a really good story to it to me that whereas, you know, we had Golovkin beating Canelo by, by more than a round or two, um, it, it's, a, it's a story with Jacobs where we really don't know which Golovkin we had in the ring. And I think Jacobs takes the loss as, you know, if he's, you know, kind of kind of talking about our guy, uh, Jamal James, uh, who's fighting next Friday. You know, he, he, he loses to uh, Jordanus Udaz, and where most guys would take a loss like that who's to a guy who's now becoming a star, you know, a lot of guys regress and, and don't figure out how to overcome the odds. You know, he goes out and he's the second guy only to Keith Thurman to knock out Diego Chavez, and now he's headlining a PBC card. He took yeah. it the right way. And I think yeah. Danny Jacobs 
took the Golovkin loss the right way. And yeah. sometimes those are the best things you can do, you know. And and it, it even a guy that were that were kind of kind of upset about him in his camp with Canelo, he didn't he didn't go the wrong way from losing to Floyd. He took that fight and became the biggest draw in boxing by yeah. beating you know, everybody else thrown in front of them that were, you know, and they're, for the most part, most of them were names. So yeah. some guys take it the right way. And I, and I'm really intrigued to see Danny Jacobs and how he takes it. Um, comes one, thing that I, loss. one thing, one thing I want to add to the whole, like Golovkin maybe might've not tried or kind of let Jacobs stay in the fight. One thing you got to think about though, is too, is that Jacobs possesses threats that Canelo don't, doesn't really possess to Golovkin as in, like, being taller, being the taller yep. fighter, being the naturally bigger guy, being, like, much quicker mm-hmm. on his feet, uh, having, like, way more length, and probably having, like, faster hands than Canelo and probably more power than Canelo. So, I mean, it doesn't help that Golovk- or Jacobs probably came in, like, 15, 20 pounds overweight that fight, but... Um, <laughs> But I mean, but, there I mean, there are there are wrong, some there are some challenges that Jacobs like presents like physically and style wise that Canelo just doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why it's it's one of those things where it's like it intrigues me because it's such a different fight, you know. When you know you know Canelo is such a I'm gonna I'm gonna stand there and watch you throw, and I'm going to counter and punish you that way, and Jacobs is you know. Like you said, he's got that size to get in there and fight with them. Yep. And it very well could have caused those problems. And that's why I'm intrigued to see a rematch. Almost, it, I think the only reason I'm more intrigued to see Canelo-Golovkin is because I want to get the validation of Golovkin winning. Yeah, that is true. I, but, I mean, to me, like, in, from my eyes, like, Triple G won that fight pretty easily to me. So, I mean, there's no validation needed for me. And I mean, for, for most people who watch that fight too, you know, everyone of most people thought triple G won that fight pretty easily, but it would oh, probably yeah. would be nice. It probably would be nice just to be named the winner. You know what I mean? Well, and that's the one thing, like as close as it is, as close as some think, and as much as some people thought it was a dominating win by triple G it, it's it, in, in boxing lore, none of that matters. You know, it's, yeah. it's, there's a D next to their name in that fight. And I don't agree yeah. with that. No. You know, and, and, you know, and I guess, you know, to, to try to, to try to talk in a better, better tone about the Canelo Golovkin rematch, if Canelo would have fought Golovkin the way he did those last three rounds, maybe it does make more sense that somebody had him winning on a scorecard. But yeah. when the first nine rounds, you know, I don't know if I have it on this, this file in front of me. Um, I'm trying to see. I, I may still have my old scorecard. Yeah, fight. I watch it. I don't. I don't think I do. Oh, well, my my, I, my scorecard was my scorecard was pretty lopsided until like yeah, the later yours rounds. Was way, yeah, yours was way way heavier. And I was I, I remember but, mine was kind of but not as heavy, but it was still pretty heavy. And I'm just trying to remember how many of the earlier rounds. I think I might have gave one or maybe I think I might have gave two rounds. To Canelo out of the first nine, and I think I, think I had like only one. Yeah, I think it was, I had like seven two or something. So it's like, yeah, if he would have fought that way to begin with, maybe. Yeah, because I think I had it one fifteen, one thirteen. I had Golovkin win 
seven to five because I, I think I gave the last three to Canelo, but I still yeah. had him. You know, he he was losing going into the tenth round, so it didn't matter. Yeah. You know, he only had three rounds to come back and win. So just you know, like you said, it's we saw Golovkin win the fight, so it's not like it's not like it would matter, but it's still just I, I want Ooh, that nice, vindication. Kind of backed up. So back to the Parker Joshua thing. I'm in round five, and I've given the last two rounds to Joshua. I mean, he's so you like five zero. Yeah, he's not looking terrible to me, but he's definitely just boxing. You know, he's not. He's he definitely doesn't look like he's trying to make a mistake to try and put Parker out of there because he wants to like get this win. So I um I gave the fourth. I gave the third round to Joshua. Um, I was teetering on Parker, and then that I don't know what the hell that ref is doing. Oh man, the ref is all over the place, all oh all up in gosh. the business. Stop, like, stop, like, stop! He's like, he's not letting him fight inside. <laughs> no, and like Parker finally decides to start doing something, and he got a shot off that Joshua took some steps back. Like, okay, I wasn't expecting that. Parker att- pounces on him, and the referee's trying to like give him a German suplex. So far, what are you doing? So far, I have Parker winning the fifth round right now. I um, so I I went the third to Joshua because Parker, you know, obviously Parker might have done something, but we we don't know, and obviously Joshua did more than enough without that to win that. So I went the third as well. I did give the fourth round to Parker. Okay. Um, but it's it's a good it's a good competitive fight. I I think. Joshua, I agree, is being a little more cautious as he probably should because of the stakes of the fight. But I think Joseph Parker through through these four rounds is a lot more impressive than I was expecting him to be, especially after we all, you know, had we basically had had cemented Parker as the four seed out of this little mini tournament where the other yeah. it was like the other three were on the top rope and Parker's still on the bottom rope. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's he's and, and I think that's why he's looking as good through four to me is because we, we had him so low. Like we, you know, yeah. we, we literally were like, well, it's a three man race. Yeah. So and, I, I give Parker credit for that. I mean, I think too, like, you know, Parker's a pretty technically sound guy. So like, if you make a mistake, he probably can make you pay. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And that's, that's a great point. And, he, and he's not giving, he's not giving, he's not giving Joshua, a lot of like opportunities to like to like you know bomb away on him. He's kind of I don't know. He just he's not leaving. Parker's not really leaving himself wide open. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, so I think when we talked about it and from everything we read and you know it, 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 one of the things we said too is you know Joseph Parker isn't on a lot of TV. So no. you know he's the least guy we get to see. But I don't. I don't remember anybody talking about him having as good of a defense as he has. Yeah. He's, he's, because... he's doing a really good job defensively in this fight. Yeah. And you can tell Joshua is, it notices it because he's, he's thinking a lot more and, and doing a lot more. And I think, I think that that shows a little bit too, that Joshua's poised, which is good because, you know, he, he needs to be. And I, I think that's you know not something you can teach somebody. Um, mm-hmm. so he's adapting well with Parker, man. I'm like, holy cow, dude, let's go. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know you could do this. But the problem is when, you know, oh, that's great. You're doing this. You're still fighting, you know, 
one of the two kings of the division, and sometimes that's just not enough to win yeah. the rounds, and that's why, you know, Ooh, it's, nice it's you got by Joshua. Are you, Ooh, uh, Parker, you still in the fifth round? Six now. I gave that fifth round. I started off giving it to Parker, but I think Joshua kind of wanted it back. But now they're actually going nuts. And then, then the referee, like, got – like, they kind of were, like, fighting on the inside, and the referee, like, breaks them up again. I um I gave the fifth round as well to Parker. Um, so okay. I got three rounds to two Joshua. 40 – would it be uh, 39, 48, 47 Joshua right now. Uh, this is this fight. Like I was, I was expecting a little, a little more excitement, but. When, and you know, I mean, you're in the sixth round. You know, it's it's. Let's see, what is this? Okay, no, Ooh, maybe it's gonna let me finally. Uh, Ooh, nice right hand by Joshua. Call back in here. Let me get back on the microphone. Yeah. Um, I I will say too, it's, you know, when when. Jesus, ref, come on, and, ref, ref, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But um, going back to like, is there anything else you wanted to talk about uh, regarding like the whole Triple G Canelo Danny Jacobs uh, fiasco? No, I mean that's that was kind of the, the middleweight the, division. Yeah, you know that that was kind of the you know the, the brunt of it. It's just just you know until. Yeah. All right. I'm going back to my microphone here. One second. I'm going back, back, back to microphone, microphone. Do, 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 do. There we go. How does it sound? So I wanted to ask you a hypothetical question. Um, so say they say the fight, they keep the venue and they find a replacement fighter. Who do you want to see as a replacement fighter? Ah. Uh, you know, here was something that I was wondering. By the way, Freddie Roach said that, um, like, he is livid about this this Canelo thing. He said that this shouldn't be just a hmm, a slap on the wrist. This is like attempted murder. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, you are like when you when you when you're pummeling on guys, and you know you're going in with unfair advantages, i.e., like steroids and. Like doctored hand wraps and stuff, it can it's it's dangerous for people. Like you, you're you're playing with someone's life. I mean, even when the playing field's level, people are putting their lives on the line in the ring and taking a lot of damage. So, I don't I don't have any problem with what Freddie Roach is saying. Um, now here's here's a hypothetical question to, to go with what you asked me. Didn't Martin Murray get hurt leading to the Saunders fight? No, I think Saunders actually was the one that got hurt. Maybe. Okay, because I was gonna say if that if they had to delay the fight because Murray needed to take some extra like an extra month to get healthy, why don't you just say screw that fight and let's unify? Well, maybe maybe that might happen. Because it's um, Billy, let's see here. I'm reading something now. Billy Joe Saunders versus Mark Murray postponed. As Saunders has hand injury. Billy Joe Saunders' WBO middleweight title defense against fellow Englishman Mark Murray has been postponed until June after the champion injured his hand while training. I'm gutted for Martin, and I'm gutted for the fans. So was the champ. Okay. Um, 
Man, there's. I mean, there's, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what the recovery time for for Saunders' hand would be, but you know, if he's been training and his hand is better, I don't know. Because he, or, actually, no, he, it, it wouldn't happen. He injured his hand. The headline is like Billy Joe Saunders injures hand, um, and that was March twentieth. So yeah, there's no way that his hand's gonna be healed. Okay. So yeah, that's that was why that was just one, you know, uh as as they say, the hypothetical. Um I don't think it would be terrible if Demetrius Andrade got a shot. Because I I know he hasn't fought a lot lately and and I know that some people probably think that's a little ludicrous. But he's kind of had the same problem Golubkin's had where people won't fight him. That is true. And if he's got that bravado about him that he's a guy that people don't want to get in the ring with, I guarantee you Golubkin will fight him. Yeah. And, I mean, he does does kind of – he presents a lot of the same matchup issues that Jacobs would would, uh, uh, pose to Golubkin, like, with the size and the length and, like, the fast hands and, uh, like, long arms and stuff. So, I mean, I just – if Andrade was more relevant and he was more active, I would be kind of psyched for this fight, for for that fight to happen, and I would be like, "Yeah, let's go. That's a good replacement." But he's been he hasn't been fighting so much. I mean, who knows if he's even re- like he? Who knows if he's even ready for a big fight like this? You know what I mean? He says supposedly he he stays in fight shape all the time, and he's he he doesn't take training off after fights and he said he's been he's been fighting the last six months like he's been ready for a fight if one was presented to him so yeah obviously that's just talks right it's different though when you're actually when you get in the ring and you're getting hit you know what i mean like you can be in in fight shape but you really never know like how rusty you are until you actually get into the ring with somebody but i mean kudos to him if he stays in shape so if the fight, um, if if it happens, I I won't be pissed, but I'll be a little like kind of like oh man, because I really like Andrade, and I'm like man, I wish I wish he was fighting him, coming off of like more fights and more like success and notoriety, I guess. Um, I a couple websites here that that I I go about that I think are pretty reputable. If you're not looking at you know your main boxing like an ESPN or something. Um, I'll throw the first site out at you because it involves what we're talking about. Um, SB Nation, you, you count them to be pretty credible. Um, they're badlefthook.com, which is their subsidiary of their boxing aspect. Um, should Canelo Alvarez not be able to fight on May 5th when he's scheduled to face Gennady Golovkin in the big raid match of the 2017 draw? There are reportedly now, and this came out two days ago, there are reportedly two leading candidates to face Golovkin on that date. Uh, Demetrius Andrade, as we mentioned, and the other, Billy Joe Saunders. Ooh, wow. um, it says, here is a surprising name. Both have HBO ties, and both have been in the news as a potential replacement. Andrade, 25-0, and 16 KOs, threw his name into the hat quickly, saying he was willing and ready to step in on the date. And Saunders has been mentioned because he's WBO champion, which would make it a full unification bout. 
Uh, Saunders had an April 14th fight with Martin Murray scheduled, but it was pushed back to June 23rd due, due to an injury. That said, he could, though, be ready by May 5th. Promoter Frank Warren says they will only take the Triple G fight if Saunders is, in fact, 100%. So it sounds like it may have already been offered to the camp. It's just a matter of if Saunders can be healthy or not. I think the Saunders fight, to me, I would almost rather have over Jacobs or Andrade. Um, nothing yeah. against Jacobs, obviously, because like I, I gave reasons as to why I'm intrigued by that. But the fact that Billy Joe Saunders has that fourth belt, Billy Joe Saunders also was getting ready to defend his title next weekend or two weeks from now. So he's in mm-hmm. fight shape. Um, yeah. It's not like he'd be coming off not having a fight. You know, and he, and he came off. You know, yes, we, we know the, the dominating 7,000 jabs Golovkin landed on David Lemieux. We, you know, especially us who've, who've dogged Billy Joe, we both were, were awestruck in how well he boxed against David Lemieux. Especially after Lemieux looked like he had a resurgence getting wins, uh, I think three or four straight after the Golovkin loss, getting him to that title fight. I, I couldn't believe how good Saunders looked. He it impressed the hell out of me. So yeah. it made me more than ever want to see the fight happen. Um, Bat, I was going to say, there's another guy that bad left hook throughout to Spike O'Sullivan. Yes, I, I did see that as the uh, as another one uh, that came out the same day. He's, Spike like, O'Sullivan. He's a, he's, a tough, he's a tough guy and a like, decent fighter, but for Golovkin, he'd be a punching bag, honestly. Who was it that Gary O'Sullivan... Um, stomped on. Now, he's supposedly he was going to fight May 4th on ESPN at the Vegas card because they're kind of doing the same thing they did when, when we were down there for the last fight, having the fight the night before. But who was it that Spike O'Sullivan... The, the young prospect. Fought? I forgot. The young prospect. I forgot what his name was. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember because we, we were watching that fight just going, dude, you know, th- this kid is not not doing not doing enough. He's getting smoked here. He's not responding to the punches. He's getting like cracked and just like, oh, I'll look <laughs> it up. But um, not... back to the back to the fight um, with uh, Joshua and Parker. I'm in round eight right now, but dude, in round seven, Parker or Joshua almost landed a hellacious uppercut that the ref kind of got in the way of and like just missed like Parker. Yeah, did you? Well, did you see he he connected with it? But but it just Joseph, like it just glanced him. He slid his glove under his chin and blocked the punch with his hand. I I didn't notice it until Pauli Malinaji pointed it out, and then they showed a replay, and you can see like Joseph Parker literally slides it underneath his underneath his chin and deflects the punch. It was and like the second he did it, he like smirked at Joshua like he 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 he. If, if you if you watch that replay they show at the end of the round, um, I was I was like what? Because I was like man, if he would have hit that shot, then Malinazzi's like look at look at his glove, look at his glove. He, he blocked it. That's why he's giving him that that I don't remember what what he said about his face. Yeah. But what the hell? But they, they, exactly what you said until the ref, until the ref. Yeah. This guy has been just. Oh, I think I have Parker. I think I've given Parker like two rounds, maybe so far, two or three. I after I gave Parker the fourth, fifth, and sixth, and then Joshua I gave the seventh. So I got okay. I have 
for seven, what, 10, 20, 30, 40. Yeah, so he's got four rounds. 20, so 67, 66, I got Joshua right now. Like I said, it, I, I was blown away at how competitive Parker, and, and this is, this is, you know, once again, I just, maybe I just haven't seen enough of Joseph Parker, and that was really kind of, uh, this guy's going to get the crap kicked out of him type thing. Yeah. You know, so, so Michael Sullivan. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying. So it very well could have just been my ignorance too. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't like, I knew Parker was like decent technically, but I mean, honestly, like that one fight I saw, he fought when he fought that like really like heavy overweight guy that's really fast. I forgot what his name is, Hernandez maybe or something, but um, he's an American, and that fight was just atrocious. And I think that kind of like just made me kind of be like, oh, Parker isn't very good. But, I mean, he's putting up a good showing tonight. So, Spike O'Sullivan knocked out Antoine Douglas. That's who it was. That was the seventh round or something it, like that. It was a TKO. It was, it, was such, it was such a bad fight for Douglas because Douglas had, like, all the physical ability over him, like the hand speed. He looked stronger. He, like, actually looked like he could, like, hit harder. But he tried to brawl a brawler, you know what I mean, and and O'Sullivan put him down. O'Sullivan looked like one of those dudes, like that would be like one of the like like the fourth guy you fight in a boxing video game. <laughs> he looked like he came out of gangs in New York. Yeah, like, and and when you see a guy like that, you're like, well, this guy's probably not a champion, even though he won an interim title that night. But you're like, this guy might kick my ass while I beat him. Like, like he yeah. just doesn't look. Are you talking about the uh, the Andy Ruiz fight with Joseph Parker when uh, yeah, he won the fake Ruiz. title? Yeah. It was like a majority draw or something. Yeah, that fight was so bad. Both fighters looked so terrible. <laughs> but I mean, like, I I wouldn't want to see a uh, Spike Sullivan fight because the type of fighter that he is. He's going to be a punching bag for Golovkin. I mean, yeah. he's tough and all. He's tough and all, and he's game, but he's the type of guy that Golovkin would, like, just pummel because you, you he's, know, not skilled, he's not skilled enough. You know what Gary O'Sullivan versus Gennady Golovkin reminds me of that, that we were just talking about is Ivan Baranchuk versus Mikey Garcia. Yeah. It's exactly but I, th- I think, I think Gary O'Sullivan... Gonna... Go ahead, go ahead. No, I you you I was I wasn't sure you, I didn't think you were finished. I was just going to say that I I think as funny as it is like Spike Sullivan might be a better might be better technically than than Branchek. Oh, I mean he's had more fights, he's older, he's more experienced. I would definitely agree with that. And I don't yeah, think that's is, a Branchek either, but it's no. you know that's just it's a truth. Um, but it is very it is very the matchup is very uh very similar. I do agree with that. Like, just when you kind of put it in context and think about it. It's your guy who's going to gonna go in there and, and want to start throwing punches, and then your champion's just going to – he might he might be sore in the morning, but he's just going to counter and, and outbox and body you until you're – you know, until you know Matschenko on the stool, you could almost say. Yeah. I didn't know Joseph Parker was only 26. Yeah, I thought he was older than that, too. Crazy. Yeah. That's, you know, I, 
I have a newfound respect after, you know, I mean, after watching those first six rounds, having an even fight and realizing this dude's only 26, I, kudos to you, Joseph Parker. I, I need to maybe pay more attention to, uh, to you. Me too. I, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like he can hang with any of the, I feel like he can hang with any of the top heavyweights. Yeah. I mean, we're, I like... we're seeing arguably the top heavyweight right now. Yeah. I feel like he's technically uh, sound enough to give Wilder problems. Yeah, I think I think he'd be one of those. I think he'd give him fits. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what would happen the second he ate one of those punches, but I think he would give him some some fits. I really, I really do. I think he. I think Wilder would knock him out, but I think he would have he would have more irritable problems fighting Parker than he did with Ortiz who almost beat him because Ortiz just has that power behind him. And that, you know, just that brute, brute mentality where Joseph Parker, I think would really irritate Wilder. Cause I, you know, it'd be like one of those cartoons where you're watching the, the guy try to crush the, try to hit the little guy and he can't hit him and he's getting yeah. all irritated, Ooh, you know, but I also Parker, do think Parker has enough power to even hurt. Uh, yeah. Wilder too. I mean, Wilder's been hurt by lesser fighters, so yeah, good point. I mean, That's a very good point. I think. Yeah, it, I think so. Joseph Parker's Joseph winning a lot of. He's winning a lot of. Uh, he's winning a lot of kudos from us tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's like we said. We thought he was the the easy odd man out of this thing, and it's like wow. It and, and here's the the thing too is. You know, we now now we can say this division does have four really good fighters. Yeah, really good. That's a really good thing. Um, speaking of the heavyweight division, now that we've kind of moved on from the Golovkin thing, and we're we're in this heavyweight talk as as what, what round are you in now? Round ten. Ten. Um, I gave uh, seven, eight, nine all to Wilder. So I had Wilder take a commanding Our six Parker. three lead going into the. Parker or uh, Joshua? Uh, I'm thinking Wilder. Yeah, Joshua. I gave uh, gave the next three, so I got it six yeah. three. Joshua going into the tenth. Same with me. Um, but it's 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 funny because we you know we 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 talk about uh, where the where's where's my where's my damn button? Where's my where hands? We talk about this fool all the time. Oh, fuck, Aaron. There's also that turtleneck-wearing geek Eddie Hearn that I can't stand, who is adamant about Dillian White being the next big deal in heavyweight boxing. Well, one, you already have the perennial big deal in boxing, so don't don't discredit your other guy trying to put over the other guy. I don't think it'll matter, but I've seen lesser people not appreciate things that somebody says in a, in a physical sport like this. So, Eddie Hearn, watch your P's and Q's. And two, having Dillian White, after the lackluster performance he put on against a guy who didn't start boxing until he was 30 years old, and you want to call out Wilder like that? Dillian oh, White. Dude, oh, just, just think about this, too. The dude that he fought also... Um, was like recently suspended a couple times for PEDs, and I think he had like, and I think he was on like a, a losing streak. 
Like he's been on a major like fight losing streak. Like what's what's the guy's name that Dillian White fought? Lucas Brown. Lucas Brown? It sounds like a MMA guy. This guy's on a losing streak. He started boxing at thirty and he's failed multiple PED performances and it took you that long to do anything like that to him? Like Dude, Lucas if, Lucas Brown is an MMA guy. He fought <laughs> MMA too. You know, if if you if if Dillian White was supposedly as good as he was, he would have had this fight over in two, three rounds. Cause this is Actually, like fighting just a scrub tune up guy. Yeah. Actually I was wrong about um I was wrong about Lucas Brown's boxing records. It was like Dillian White was like his first loss, actually. <laughs> or his oh, first, well. like, or second, yeah, his first loss. But I thought I read somewhere that someone said that he was like, he lost some fights in a row. And maybe they're talking about MMA. And then he, like, after he quit MMA, then he went to boxing or something. I'll, I'll tell you this, but, Elijah. I believe Jeff from what I saw in that fight last weekend. <laughs> Oh, I, I saw, like, I saw pictures. I saw, like, the highlight of the knockout. And I'm like, man, that guy doesn't even look like he belongs in the ring right now. He looks out of shape. I mean, it took him, what, seven, eight rounds to do that? Give me yeah. a break. Uh, I, I'm like, dude, don't. Eddie Her- and Eddie Hearn's talking after the. Did you watch that Dillian White fight? I just saw the knockout. So then after the fight, I heard it was Hearns, a terrible fight. Eddie Hearn's like, "Do you all see this?" And he's trying to put over his fighter to the to the England crowd or Wales or wherever the hell they were. And he's he's like, "This is the man who's going to go in and take that from Deontay Wilder." And everyone's like, "Yay!" I'm like, "No, why are you cheering this? Do you guys really want to see fight Wilder? No, because what he wa- what he wants to do is he wa- he wants to try and get." Uh, White to upset Wilder and then have Joshua and, Wa- and White fight. So like both the fighters are in his like his promotional company. You know, you know who that reminds me of. Aaron. Yeah, like so, man, like greedy. Like, come on. And and like I said, what what pissed me off is why is the crowd cheering and agreeing with him? If I'm in the crowd, I'm booing the hell out of it going, no, we want Joshua Wilder. We want yeah. our hometown guy to have everything. I don't want our hometown guy to get a guy who pulls off a miraculous upset and then beats him in the first round. What does that say about Because that doesn't say, say good things about Joshua then. No, not at all. So it's like... Uh. Greed is one thing, but the fact that you could downplay your guy, like, what are you doing? This guy's an idiot. So the fight cut out on me in the 10th round. (laughs) Like I said, it was like, I'm watching this, and I'm like, my DVR is not going to finish. So tell me me what happened. Uh, It was the same in the last two rounds that it was in the 10th. A lot of just whatever kind of punching. Um, it didn't, okay. it didn't pick up nothing, nothing noticeable happened. Um, the judges had it one, um, I think there was a, a one sixteen one twelve I think in one, and then it was two one eighteen one tens. So Ooh, that one eighteen one tens kind of, excuse me, uh, Farhood had it one sixteen one twelve. So eight rounds to four. 
the judges mm-hmm. had it 118-110, 118-110, which is 10 rounds to two. And one judge had it 119 to 109, 11 rounds to one. That's terrible. That's, yeah. Like, look, John, we, we know that Parker didn't win that fight, but you can, I don't know how you can, you can only give him one round when he won three rounds at least in the middle there. That's, that's, yeah. that's bad. Yeah, so that was, that's, that's, and we got a, a terrible referee. No, so what was said no. after the fight? Was anything okay. said after the fight, or anything cool happened after? Or? Uh, um, I, I guess I would say anti-cool. I don't think it was anything we were excited for. Uh, Eddie Hearn said that he is not upset whatsoever with the way that the referees ref that fight. He thought he did everything fair for his fighter. Didn't hmm. say he did it fair for everybody. And then it was brought up about, you know, well, Parker finally got on the offense in the third round and, and he got them pulled off um, for no reason. And Eddie Hearn said, oh, he was doing his job. There was nothing wrong with anything he did there. Okay, Eddie Hearn, you're already looking like an idiot now. Second off, Josh, so Joshua did... You know, he's like, I, they asked him to fight Wilder. He said, I'll fight. I want to fight Tyson Fury. I want to fight Deontay Wilder. Um, they asked him again. They said, so if Deontay Wilder is your next fight, you know, are you willing to take it? He said, I don't, I'm not going to answer that question again. I just answered it. And then they asked him about the fight. And he, he kind of, it, he cut like a wrestling problem, which is, you know, which is cool. He's selling the fight. I'm fine with it. Um and then they asked him one last time. They're like, so we just, you know, we just want to reiterate about the fight. And Joshua kind of rolled his eyes and walked away. Uh, but didn't want to talk about the Wilder fight. Then he decided to come back. And then he's like, I'll do what my boy Dillian White said. And then he did the same thing Dillian White did where he screamed Wilder at the top of his lungs. And then that was like all that he said. Like, hmm. okay. interesting. Like, I didn't know how to take I'm looking- that. I was looking up some stuff like for after fight um, thing, and I I thought I saw something where it said Joshua said that he he'd fight Wilder and he'd knock him out or something. I'll knock Wilder the, the spark out of of Deontay Wilder. Okay. I will finish the job and prove that I am number one. Which okay, good. That's that's what we want to hear. We want to hear this. But then, then again, our homeboy Eddie Hearn. They, they said, well, you know, you heard your fighter, Anthony Joshua said he wants the Wilder fight. You know, are you going to make that happen? He's like, I've been trying to make the fight happen for a long time. But but Shelly Finkel and Bob Arum and Deontay Wilder refused to sit down and sign the contract. When we literally heard an interview on our own show where they're saying it to him and he's pussyfooting around on the live interview with Finkel and and Wilder. But then after the fight, he says that he's never even spoke to him. It's crazy. Who do I, you believe? I, well, I believe, I'm, I'm not believing any heard because we listened to him in an interview with the other two guys. Like, we played it on air, Elijah. Yeah. How is this guy telling the fans that this fight is never, never ha- going to happen because Wilder won't step into the ring with him? When he literally had a conversation on a radio show that we played. He's basically telling us that that never existed. <laughs> I, I, dude, I'm telling you, it, 
<laughs> fake news. Fake news. Hashtag fake news. And, and they, they went back and talked to Joshua again, kind of going, Eddie Hearn says, you know, they never, you know, did this. And, and Joshua's kind of just laughs and was like, you know, I'll, I'll fight Tyson Fury then. I'm like, come on, you guys. And, uh, oh, my God. It's, I'm, I'm telling you. Oh, and then, then they were talking about how, we, and we know Wilder doesn't want to take the fight because we invited him to be our guest and he decided to stay in New, in, at home in New York and watch the fight. Okay, so he didn't fly over to be your guest. That means he doesn't want to fight you? Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> you know, and Eddie Hearns, you know, stupid. I don't think he had the turtleneck on this time, but oh my gosh, I just, I, I couldn't. I, I, I'm just like, dude, you are, you are gonna if, if you just kill this from happening, I'm gonna be livid. Promoters just don't want to work with each other nowadays. It seems like because they all like just have like. Egos. I'm the better promoter. I don't want to work with this guy. I'm just gonna keep all my fighters in house because I'm better and I I I I I deserve to make more money than this guy. And we can't work together and find a common ground to make these fights happen. Um, the the other question that I mean, I guess take it for what it is. Um, they they said, well, you know. You know, do you want to do the fight in Vegas or whatever against Wilder? And uh, Joshua said, hell no. He goes, I'm not going to America to fight. He's like, it's about time people start coming to the U.K. and fight, and we control boxing. So if anyone wants me, they can come find me in Wales or or in in Dublin or London or whatever, because I'm not going to America to fight anyone. So if that's then you know if that's what it is, that's what it is. He's like, but I'm not fighting in dumps where Deontay Wilder fights. We're fighting in buildings like this. So, Jeez. I mean, I guess take, take that for what it's worth, but <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I came away from this fight with a pretty sour taste in my mouth from that team. Yeah. I, I did, and it pisses me off because when Joshua beat Klitschko, I went, my God, this is one of the one of the best fighters I've watched in this division in a long time. And I'm so glad we're getting a 28 year old that could be the kingpin for 10 years of this division. And then he, you know, I, and and here's the thing is now that the fight's over, I'll say this to Elijah, you know, did, did we downplay Joseph Parker or did Anthony Joshua just not look good? I think it was more of a, we downplayed um, Joseph Parker, honestly. There's That's an article, my opinion. Rob Blakeman put out uh, Boxing News 24, which I think is probably the, the best boxing news site you can find, not with Dan Rayfield. Um, I don't know if you look at Boxing News 24, but they, I mean, they put I out do sometimes. 50 articles a day. Um, you know, I'm not going to, I won't read the whole thing out loud, um, but I literally just saw this article as you were watching the fight, and I was kind of getting my my post fight synopsis, but his, his number, it's, it's titled, why is Anthony Joshua not getting better faster? Hmm. And it's, it's interesting because I don't necessarily agree. He's not getting better, but 
it was just an, it was just an interesting take after a fight that I thought he was going to steamroll. So yeah, I see. So I, I'm thinking that, um, you know, obviously, regardless of, of what the article says or what we saw, I I do have a newfound respect for Joseph Parker. It's just like, it's, yeah. it's the same respect that came out with uh, Sergey Lipinier after the Garcia fight. That dude did way better than I thought he would, and I hope he gets another shot. Um, mm-hmm. But I did go, wow, I thought Joshua would have been able to handle him a lot easier. And then I see somebody who's been writing boxing here for umpteen years, uh, post something so i'm just it's just what i was just wondering like it just it was in, intriguing and then and then you hear the post fight and i mean i kind of just spitballed you know a, a 10 minute interview into like 30 seconds but it was you know i got a couple phone calls from people after the fight going hmm that wasn't what i expected from the post fight and i'm like I, it was a little weird but <laughs> it's just nothing but hoopla yeah Tell you what, if 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 Anthony Joshua goes and fights Tyson Fury and doesn't fight Wilder, I'm gonna be a little butthurt. And and I say this because I'm I'm starting to attest this back to, you know, I defended Canelo when everyone was was ripping on him for not fighting Triple G, and I said it's gonna happen. You just gotta let let these two marinate. It'll happen before 2017 is over. I guarantee it. If it doesn't, then I will jump on your side. And it did. And they they worked it to that, and it happened right at the end of the year. Good job, good marketing. They made a ton of money. But yeah. I'm starting to get the feeling that people had with with the Canelo De La Hoya camp with Joshua and Eddie Hearn right now. And I, it's, it's the last thing I wanted in my mouth. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you have you have every re- oh no. I didn't think that one. Uh, ho- hopefully, no one. Uh, hopefully, no one is uh, time stamping. <laughs> no, everybody's time stamping. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I mean, you 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 have no problem feeling like that because circumstances are maybe starting to play out that way, and who knows if if it, it's more than likely just the promoter playing games because that's just all this is what seems to happen these days is just the promoter kind of plays games and tries to make as much money as they can because they want things to marinate and they want people to talk about it and they want people to wonder and you know but it is it is getting annoying just make the fight happen I'm sick of it Mm it's 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 frustrating. You know, and I'm just reading some of the comments. Um, you know, some people are saying, you know, Deontay Wilder is so, like, Wilder is limited boxer and pending doom is near when Joshua wants your body on his record. AJ kills Wilder in five. You know, somebody else says, um, if a 40-year-old Klitschko can deck AJ Wilder, um, we'll give more pressure and beat him in seven. Um, I, I mean, it's, is a lot of mixed, a lot of mixed things, which is good because now you got people talking. You know, if that's, yeah. <laughs> you know, if, I mean, I guess like you said, that's what you want. You know, another person said, um, AJ didn't look his best, but he still clearly won, and now has all the belts except one. Um, it did the job, and that's what counts. So a nice neutral comment there. That was from uh, uh, Busta J. Thank you, Busta J. Busta. So. Swish. <laughs> um, 
you know, it's, it's big unit said Wilder in seven. Somebody then named Randy it bigger Johnson? unit. Randy Johnson's talking about boxing. <laughs> the bigger unit then said AJ in five. So it's it's doing what it's what it's supposed to. We got people talking neutral, picking a side. So yeah, they are doing their job. But it just something about Eddie Hearn. I, I guess I look at this when when we'd watch the end of a Canelo fight, he would talk. He looked frustrated. He wasn't getting the fight, and De La Hoya, you know, wanted to tell you about his singing career instead of talking about the fight. You know, at that point, he was getting so sick of it. Joshua and Hearn just sound like they're like, nah, we don't care, and if it doesn't happen, none of us are going to care, kind of a thing, which is almost worse to me because it's like. Okay, great, you're willing to do it, but if it doesn't happen, you're not going to be mad about it. And I'm like, come on. (laughs) Go on your Showtime On Demand when we're done and watch the post-fight. Like I said, it's a lot longer, so it's going to come off a little different. But all the points that I brought up are noticeable, and they're there's a reason to come and, and I give kudos to the commentator. Somebody pointed out too, that the commentator asked Joshua five times about Wilder because he was getting so, I don't really want to answer this question. And thank God the dude wouldn't stop pestering him. He's like, like he goes and interviews Joseph Parker. And then after the Parker interview, he runs across the ring to corner Joshua and start hammering him about it again. So kudos to the guy actually doing it, uh, doing his job. Yeah. I give give him, for that but yeah just just watch it. it it left a little sour grapes and i hope it's just like you said it's it's the same thing where they're building it up because now i understand why golovkin fans were so mad about the canelo situation because now i have that feeling where i didn't before and i was defending canelo yeah and the sour grapes and yes obviously i'm a wilder mark but i also really like joshua and i want this fight to happen <laughs> So it's like, it. That's what makes it a little bit harder too. Is it's, it's, you know, the fan in me is is irritated with it. Yeah. So do you do you want to talk about um our like first press conference at all that we went to kind of this week and? I didn't have time uh to to get clips cropped up. I I just I ran out of time this weekend with the new job starting up. But I'm gonna get some clips um cropped up and I'm gonna get them out there. Hopefully have them for whenever we do our next 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 week, guys. Is going to be a little different. We it'll be in, we're going to get a show out to you at, at some point next week, I believe. But it's WrestleMania weekend. Alex is in town. We're going to try to knock out fourteen wrestling shows in three days. So we're going to be doing about two or three WrestleCast radios, like maybe Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I don't know about Monday. What's going to happen with that? But we're going to get you guys a show. I'm going to get the the, the clips. Uh, cropped up and uploaded so we can play some of those clips as well. And we, we should have a couple of guests uh, in the near future here. Um, I think once Elijah gets an official okay, then we can we can drop some names. But I think until we get the official okay, we don't drop names. But um, yeah. Elijah's got some things going on here. So we'll have some interviews. We're, we're going to make it up to you guys is, is what I'm trying to say. I just, you know, obviously Russell Cast is, is our flagship and with, with WrestleMania weekend and all the shows we got to appease, you know, the, the, the masses, but I, I will get clips cropped up over the week here. Um, once I get, once I get used to being a, a day walker and working again, um, yeah. I'll get some, I'll get some made up here. Um, so we can, we can cut them, but yeah, 
Um, Elijah, you set this whole thing up. It was an awesome experience. Why don't you tell the tell the listeners about it? Well, I just wanted to give a shout out to um, Rob Lear of um, Lear Productions. He or Lear Communications. He um, he he and Warrior Warrior Promotions. They uh, actually supplied us with media credentials. And um, we were part of our first uh, press conference for the PBC event that's going to be coming up on the 13th at the Armory in St. Paul, where Jamal James will be um, the main event versus um, Abel Ramos. So uh, it's, it's very cool. It's a very cool experience. Like we were in at the press conference. Ryan was able to ask a few questions of Caleb Truax and, and uh, to Jamal James. Um, I will be at a private workout with Jamal James and a lot of the other boxers from Minnesota on the undercard. I'll be there kind of taking pictures, hopefully getting some, hopefully able to like ask some questions, talk to some people and get some um, sounders for the, for the radio show. And then, and then we'll be a part of the media for the actual fight night and we'll be at fight night. So we'll have pictures and, media and hopefully sounders and stuff all kind of at for, from this event. So it's a pretty exciting time for us. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was a cool experience. The, uh, the armory, it's right next to us bank stadium, uh, right off, right off the highway. If, you, if you're coming in for the fight in Minneapolis, there was a great venue, Re- really great, great venue. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Uh, you know, Jamal James, was you know shook hands and, and talked to us for a couple of minutes. Great dude, uh, Tony Oliva was there after he was selling selling hot dogs at the Orioles game the day before or whatever. Uh, so it was it was cool. It was it was a really cool experience. Yeah, it was cool to see Caleb Truex there before his big fight this weekend, I believe. So he was kind of talking about that and talking about how he's gonna bring back the title back to the United States and hold on to yeah. it and we uh send we gotta try into to retirement if he if he retains. Yeah. <laughs> um that fight is next what is it's the it's next Saturday, the seventh. Um I believe Showtime is actually carrying it. Arizlandi Lara and Jarrett Swift Heard are the undercard semi main event too. There's a, there's been a lot of trash talking going on between uh, uh, Heard and Lara. <laughs> Should be interesting. Um, um, keep going. I'm, re- I'm reading something now that I okay. That I, I was I, say it should be I, interesting. I, I want to read it before I say it on air, kind of a thing. Okay, should be interesting. I mean, I don't know. I the last fight that I saw Jared Heard in, he didn't look super impressive to me. So I'm I'm probably I'm going with with Lara. Because I just he's he's not a super fan friendly fighter, but I've never really seen anyone be able to like outbox him. So I, I feel like Jarrett Heard like he I don't know what it is about Jarrett Heard, but every time I see him, I just think of a, I, I'm like that dude looks like a SoundCloud rapper. Like I just don't take him seriously. <laughs> I just don't know why. <laughs> I don't know if it's the hair or what, but I'm just like SoundCloud he doesn't look rapper. like a boxer. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's got the, like the blonde tips on the top, and he's, you know, he's always he got the earrings, and I don't know, you know how them 
the hip hop industry is nowadays. Yeah. I, I can't take him seriously, but he, I mean, dude can throw, dude, dude can box. I can't, I can't knock him, but you know, then again, you know, Tyson Fury may get a heavyweight title shot, and he looks like a, he looks like a out of work plumber. So that's a lot worse than being a rapper. <laughs> God, remember that Tyson photo? Fury, like, yeah, he looks like your local hooligan at, that's like at the soccer games in Europe that's just there to cause problems. Tyson Fury is Spike O'Sullivan's mob boss. <laughs> oh jeez. Um an offer has reportedly been made to 154 pound fringe contender Jamie uh Jamie Mangula 24 knockouts to face Gennady Golovkin on May 5th if Canelo receives a lengthy suspension. Who? Yeah, uh, uh Golovkin versus Mangula likely Golovkin versus Mangula would likely be on HBO pay-per-view on May 5th, and that could be a big problem for boxing fans with them paying $70. If the fans are going to pay to watch a fight, they at least should get value for their money. Mangula is a little more than a fringe contender prospect type of fighter. He's not somebody that is well thought of in the 154-pound division. If Mangula went... Uh, we're thrown in the ring with the likes of Jermel Charlo, Arizona Lara, and Jarrett Hurd. He'd probably be massacred quickly. Mangula isn't that kind of talent. Oh, man. Come on. Don't do this. Mangula is just another, WB, or another guy that WBC has given a top 15 ranking without him having done anything to merit that ranking. Golovkin fighting a prospect on Cinco de Mayo would anger a lot of boxing fans. I guess he's only 21. He turned pro in 2013. Uh, he's rated nine by the WBC at junior middleweight. And looking at some of Mangula's fights, he has a good left hook that he throws to the body. That's about it, though. Mangula is very slow of the hand, and he's very easy to hit. He has no defense to stop a jab. And even against the weaker opponents he's faced, he's, his head is consistently getting snapped back from the shots. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> here, here we go. Um, let's see. Uh, Dan Raphael said, I've heard Spike O'Sullivan mentioned, and I've heard an offer was made to Jamie Mangula, a 154 prospect from Mexico. Neither will resonate one iota with the boxing public, much less get people pumped to spend $70 on a pay-per-view. Pay-per-view. Mangula's last 10 wins of his career have come against these fighters. Okay. Um, I know between the two of us, we are a boxing almanac. I don't see any European fighters so that and Japanese, so that knocks my knowledge out. Thankfully, we have you, Elijah. I'm ready to hear about John, uh, uh, Jamie Mongula's last 10 fighters. Here they are. Johnny Navarrete, Jose Carlos Paz, Paul Valenzuela Jr., Uriel Gonzalez, Miguel Angel Lopez, Gabriel Agramon, Jorge Juarez, who is 8-24, by the way, 8-24. Mm-hmm. Juan Macia, Montiel, Alvaro, Robles, and Alfredo Chavez. Um, what's your favorite Jorge Juarez fight, Elijah? When he fought... Um... <laughs> trying to remember. Who Somebody... was the guy that he fought? He fought uh, when he fought Glass Joe. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was a good one. That was a good one. Um, Glass Joe's got that very slow uh, right jab that he does. Um, Somebody said, uh, where is it? 
Mangulo is slow and easy to hit for him to be able to mix it up at the highest levels of 160. He's like another Alfredo Angulo, but not even that good. Oh, Lord. Lord, no. <laughs> this would be like watching Floyd versus Conor McGregor again. Probably more like watching Floyd versus the first guy he ever fought in his career. <laughs> this is probably like if we watched uh, Deontay Wilder fight Dillian White. This is like Gabby J. Gabby J. Punch out. Yay! <laughs> Good. No, come man. At least at least get someone better in there. Like um, I want to see like. Here's another option. Let's see. It says, um, obviously you mentioned this O'Sullivan thing. Uh, piss out of my ass. I hit the wrong button. Okay, I brought it back. Um, here's Language. an option. That, sorry, sorry. Uh, we're, we're not late, fully late night yet. Um, where, where did I leave off here? Um, hold on. I had something that I was trying to. Okay, here's an option. Uh, WBL middleweight champion Joe Saunders is injured. WBC mandatory Jamal Charlo. Jamal Charlo is scheduled and ready to fight Hugo Centeno Jr. on April 21st. Danny Jacobs is fighting on April 28th in a final WBA middleweight title eliminator against junior middleweight. Uh, Masse Sulieki on HBO Boxing. It is unclear what Golovkin's IBF mandatory challenger Sergei Derevyanchenko is doing. He'd be a great option for Canelo or for Golovkin. So somebody's yep. throwing out that Derevyanchenko is the IBF mandatory. I don't think Derevyanchenko is going to beat Golovkin, but I think it'd be a hell of a lot more entertaining fight. And with Derevyanchenko, it's it's a guy that we've actually seen on. Boxing fans have seen a few times on television. Yeah. I would much rather have that fight happen. I would even actually probably rather see that fight than Spike, Spike O'Sullivan. Yeah, I think I would too. I, I think I would too. It's, I just, I don't, I do not, I don't know who this Jamie Mungaya is. I've never heard of him. I've never in my life heard of Jamie Mungaya. He's obviously not very good. <laughs> Um, it's it's it's. Whoa! It's, I can hear Sydney in the background. He's yeah, he's going ham out there. Gah 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 gah. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm trying to pull something up here. You know, Drevian Chenko. I mean, he's he's 165, so he can make weight. He's in the IBF number contender. He's 12 and 0, 10 knockouts. Um, I was trying to pull up that last fight. Uh. Yeah, he fought in March to Sean Johnson, uh, stopped him in the sixth. He TKO'd Toriano Johnson, somebody that that Golovkin's fought. He knocked out Sam Solomon in the second round. That's a, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a bigger name than anything we read about with Jamie Mungaya. No, um, uh, Golovkin never fought Torino Johnson. Like they were talking about possibly, like Torino Johnson wanted to fight Golovkin. Oh, he but, lost. Um, Didn't he lose like an eliminator? Yeah, something happened where he just he was like next in line but he lost or something or something happened where he just wasn't able to do it. So but he was on yeah. Golovkin's radar. He was on Golovkin's radar for a while. I remember it was cuz he the talks with him were right before the Canelo I think too when he was fighting um who who were some of those those bums, not bums, but those guys he was steamrolling through. Um like not Macklin and Murray, but uh, 
I can't well, he remember. Beat up on, I believe I believe he beat Curtis Stevens. That's why um he was like that's why he was like, Man, he's like, I killed Curtis Stevens. I want I want a shot at Golovkin if Curtis Stevens is getting a shot at Golovkin. Um no, there was there was somebody. Oh, no, no, was, no, 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 no. Curtis Stevens actually okay, so this is what happened, I think. Curtis Stevens TKO'd Torino Johnson after Torino Johnson was like beating the brakes off of him. And he ended up TKOing him in the tenth round. But that was before the Golovkin fight. But yeah, I don't like I think like I think Torino Johnson was maybe gonna fight Golovkin, but then he lost to Stevens or something happened. It was either Stevens um, or the two I was thinking of were Willie Monroe Jr. and Dominic Wade. Okay. Those were the two. Um, those were the two I was thinking of. That was Toriano Johnson. You know, he just sounds like a you know ah Toriano Johnson. He's probably a, a seventh you know ranked seventh in a WBO type guy, and that's what uh, Willie, Willie Willie the Worm and. Uh, and Wade were, were just kind of middle-of-the-road guys, and that's what got me thinking the Toriano Johnson thing. Yeah, Toriano Johnson hasn't really fought anybody besides Curtis Stevens and Sir, uh, Sergei Derevyanchenko. Those are, like, the two biggest names on his on his, uh, on his fight list, so. So I would, I would definitely rather see uh, see Derevyanchenko fight Golovkin than, than <laughs> Jamie Mung... Mungaya, Mungo Jerry. <laughs> uh, so I mean, you know, not not to keep harping on Meatgate 2018. I I thought Meatgate would be a good good sound for the, uh, you know, like in Deflate Gate and all that good stuff. Hey Canelo, <laughs> be bold. You know, and be and one thing that we kind of talked about is you know, if if this really does come down to like it gets proven. That you know, and we, we talked about this online, but if it gets proven that it, he really didn't take anything, and it was that they need to, they need to to fire whoever his nutritionist is. Like yeah. this guy, like this guy should never get a job again. If he, the, the money that this dude's probably getting made or probably getting paid, <laughs> like that dude. I what I say to you the other day, um. He, he he should hire Chris Algieri. Yeah, he should. I mean, I don't know. The thing is, Canelo is Canelo's from Mexico. Mexico is known to have tainted meat. It's happened to other athletes in the past. Why are you still eating tainted meat from Mexico when you live in Mexico and you have the means to like not eat the tainted meat? Like, why would you still eat the tainted meat? What if, uh, what if like the uh, the dude forgot to, uh, he he was making his weekly trip to, I don't know what is Guadalajara by is that by California? He's making his yeah. trip up to, up to, uh, you know, some city Tijuana. in California, and uh, he forgot to buy the meat, so he went to the local store and here you go, Canelo, I I got your meat for the week, and then he walked away and he's like, boy, I hope nothing bad happens, and it's like. Two weeks later, suspended. And he's like, damn it, do I tell him or not tell him? And Canelo's like, I, I don't understand. I thought I was being bolder. Yeah, like, so that's, like, I hope that's what it is so he can still get the fight. And I hope, like, he, he's not cheating because that'll really piss me off. 
But I also hope that if that is the case, that this nutritionist better have to go around with Canelo with no headgear or something. (laughs) I would would treat him with the same respect Wilder treated Charlie Zelenoff. Can can you believe though this the the um iron the irony of the whole like getting a steak from Sylvester Stallone <laughs> and like him like and him like being like be bold or and him like eating the like steak that Sylvester Stallone gave him and then all of a sudden something comes out where he's failed the drug <laughs> test because of the tainted meat like what what is that steak. What if that steak was the the steak that led to the drug te- the failed drug test? And what if that's the case that we suddenly see Expendables Four with Gennady Golovkin and Sylvester Stallone? And he's like, "Hey, I did you a solid. <laughs> I did you a solid, Gennady. Now you got to do a movie with me. Play Dolph Lundgren. I, you know, say you know, I just I just wanted to give him the taste of meat, you know. The the meat was tainted, and it just you know I just I don't know where's Burgess Meredith at. Oh. <laughs> Burgess Meredith was at was in front of us at the PBC press conference. <laughs> you are now listening to Sportscast Radio. Well, this is Patrick Royce. Oh <laughs> wow. Uh. <laughs> The only reason why I'm even slightly giving Canelo the benefit of the doubt is because every fight he has, he's the guy who wants the rigorous drug testing to prove that they're they're not cheating. Yeah. So, like, him having such a rigorous testing schedule that he always wants to do to keep it clean, I, I think you got to be an idiot to, to try to cheat when you're the one who's asking for it. Like, so that's the only slight reason why I'm, I think I'm giving them more of the benefit of the doubt and why I'm so much blaming this, you know, whoever the hell you're paying to be your nutritionist needs, needs to go. They need a new profession. Yeah. I mean, maybe, (laughs) or maybe he didn't know, you know, I don't know. Like I'm not, I, I haven't, I've haven't been the, the easiest on Canelo over his career and, even I'm not like totally convinced that he's a cheater. I do think it's, I do think it's kind of bad though, that, you know, that this happens, you know, I do think it's kind of like, dude, maybe you weren't cheating, but you gotta be like more careful, man. Yeah. That's kids careless. And that's careless on their camp too. I know I'm blaming just one guy, but the camp, I mean, that, that, that goes in your camp. Um, I, I, you know, and, and, He's passed multiple tests since that second one happened, so that's a good sign. But I don't yeah. know. I just I feel like you got to be a real dumbass to be the guy who. Because I I bet you I bet you Canelo doesn't even want to go through this much testing. Like this is ridiculous. And then this happens. So that's why I'm just like you you better not have done anything because then you're just then you're telling me you're a moron. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. That's why I. It's why it just. It's just. It's just way too convenient that the guy who demands the testing is the is is cheating, and that's why I'm. I like you know like you said. That's why I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But you never know what's going to come from this. I mean, I like in a perfect world, everything's handled and we still get it. Because I mean, in all fairness, you know, we sit down Cinco de Mayo to watch the Golovkin fight. You know, I, I didn't. I think Jordan said he wanted to, to have a barbecue since nobody's been to you know 
like he never does anything with with his his people and yeah. it's not going to be the same atmosphere if he's fighting Spike O'Sullivan you know what I mean no yeah I want that let's get rough and tough and let's let's have these two guys fight um this this came out too now and I find this pretty entertaining and you know what not because I like him so much but I think he's 100% right Dante Wilder said, I'll fight Dillian White if he can beat Luis Ortiz. Ah, that's hilarious. I I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, that's pretty funny because um, <laughs> that, that 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 is very uh, clever and and very just I don't know, it's it cracks me up. Like I, I like it. it. Makes me laugh. <laughs> You know, take that, Eddie Hearn. Because I'll tell you what, I don't, and and I think it's also what I what I like about the statement too is I think whether it's unintentional or or on purpose, I think that gives credit to Luis Ortiz. Yeah. If you can beat this dude that I just had a roar with, then you go and do it. So I I yeah. like that through and through. Um, also, depending what happens with this commission, Canelo could receive a one year suspension. Ooh man, then I don't like if if he gets suspended for a year. I don't know if him and Triple G ever meet up again. That's interesting that that just happened. Wow, <laughs> man, we're getting some some little good goods. Yeah, uh, little here. Otherwise, nothing. You know, nothing else. Too much has popped out that I have seen. Uh, I mean, we already said the hearing. Uh, and one thing we we didn't talk about because it was it was last week and and but uh, MGM is offering refunds for the fight. Do you think it would be worth going on on a on a return seller type site like a StubHub and seeing if anybody's just trying to unload their ticket and like buying one if someone's trying to unload it? The fight happens. No, because I doubt it will happen. <laughs> Anthony Joshua said, I hope Joseph Parker falls into my booby traps. I've never heard somebody in 2018 use booby traps. <laughs> Sounds like Scooby-Doo stuff. Um, yeah, otherwise, hey, Brandon Rios said Canelo should be suspended and made example of. Brandon Rios is up there with Malinaji pissed. Um, yeah. Nothing else really on the docket that I have, Elijah. Anything else you wanna you wanna knock out before we take off, or you wanna you well, wanna? I just, I just want I just want to talk about the whole like I'm not gonna go on a huge rant because I'm just I'm not a huge ranter, you know that I try to be, but I just I I just don't I just I don't have the rant in me like you do. But, I got a lot um, of hate. But man, Bob Arum strike like struck oh, Bob Arum. Like I forgot um, about that on, on the docket right in front of me. Bob Arum has Elijah Livin once again. We can't wait to hear this one. So th- thank but, you for pointing it out because I com- I put it in the show description and I forgot. I'm sorry. But oh man, I was so mad because Bob Arum's trying to push back um, the Progres Ramirez fight now. That <laughs> 
that the Ramirez um, Imam fight was supposed to be a title eliminator, and then they were supposed to face the winner of Progres. And now Bob Arum's like, oh, I feel like they both should have should have tune-ups on the same undercard, and then then they then they then they fight after that. Like, seriously, come on. Like, I honestly think Bob Arum's trying to find some names to put on the like the Terrence Crawford uh, Jeff Horn card because it's everything's gotten screwed up with that one. It's been pushed back and they don't really have any fight fights for it. Like I honestly am thinking like Bob Aram's like, man, I could, really, I could, I could do that and that could work out. And just like <laughs> all of his bad planning is just like, keeps like biting him in the butt. <laughs> and then Progres originally was like, no, nah, man, I'm fighting. I want to fight Ramirez for the title right now. I don't want to fight another fight. Then he just came out and said that he would take another he would take another fight. So thanks <laughs> well, a lot. Thanks a lot, Bob Arum. I we got a little more Bob Arum for you here. If you wanna wanna get some more uh hate in your blood because everything's gonna sound really good. Um and then then you gotta hear the comments coming out of the fighter's mouth as to why it it's like uh, I don't know if this will be good. Um it is now official July eighth on ESPN. Lucas Matisse, who is the interim WBA World Welterweight Champion, um, with Thurman injured, he's you know he's the he's the secondary belt holder to Thurman's WBA. Will be defending the title against Manny Pacquiao. Uh, it's on oh, ESPN. Fight's actually happening now. Yep. Um, it looks like Aram's going to help put the fight together. Televised on ESPN. Uh, Pacquiao then says. Uh, he's going to speak with Aaron about a potential fight then afterwards with Vasil Lomachenko. Uh, Pacquiao first has to take care of business against the very dangerous 35-year-old Matisse before he starts looking ahead to fight against the highly rated pound-for-pound star Lomachenko. Uh, Matisse is the kind of power that can put Pacquiao in trouble real quick. Pacquiao says, Aaron is invited and there's no problems with us. I think after my fight with Matisse, I will talk to him about regarding the fight with Lomachenko for the future. That's a good fight because he is a champion, and I'll be challenged to become a champion again. At the same time, I don't want the people to say that it's just a tune-up fight for Lomachenko. So Pacquiao is admitting that he's coming in as a challenger, wanting to prove that he can win a title again, and he's not a tune-up. Sounds great if, if I'm as a Manny Pacquiao fan. All right, you know you're not what you used to be, and you want to take on the challenge of, of a guy like Lomachenko. If you win, it shows how great you really are. If you lose... No harm, no foul. You tried, and if anything, you helped make Lomachenko a bigger star. You're giving back regardless. This is a great opportunity. But let's let's not forget the problem. He has to talk to one man to get this to happen. This guy. Oh, Bob Aram. <laughs> so, Bob Aram, what are you going to do, buddy? <laughs> what are you going to do? He's gonna say, "I'm gonna. I want to add this fight to the undercard of Jeff Horn and Terrence Crawford." He's gonna try and pull that again, but he's not. Gonna, he's not gonna tell. He's not gonna tell anybody until like the actual like night of the fight. He's gonna be like, "Oh, Pacquiao, you gotta you gotta fly in because you're you're on the you and Matisse is on the Terrence Crawford Jeff Horn card. You're the you're the, you're the co-main event." He cancels. Yeah, he's like, man, you didn't get the memo. Your fight's happening in Vegas now. Oh, but he's like, but there's already another fight there. Oh, you're on the same show. 
<laughs> and then that's what Manny Pacquiao throws his phone in the air and says this. Oh, fuck! Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, meant, it's like, I, okay, Pacquiao's doing everything right with everything he said there. Yeah. I just how don't know how I feel. I just don't know how I feel about a Pacquiao-Lomachenko fight, honestly. I, I know it's a nice it's, big. I know it's a nice big name for Lomachenko, but dude, he's, Lomachenko's gonna beat the brakes off Manny Pacquiao. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I see. There's a a ninety percent chance Lomachenko finishes him and finishes him before the you know the end. I I truly do, but I think the one intrigue you're getting is the casual fan knows Manny Pacquiao, so. Yeah. You're, by by order of not as serious boxing head, they're going to get to see Lomachenko, in which, look at Isaiah. The first time I showed him Lomachenko was against, uh, I, it wasn't Jason Sosa. I can't remember who it was. It was it was one of his first fights when he moved up. I remember he was wearing white and gold. But he's like, who is this guy? This is this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. you know. And So getting people to see Lomachenko I think is a good thing. When it's all said and done, it's still Manny Pacquiao, and it's a guy who who isn't gonna. He's gonna go out there, and if he gets knocked out, he doesn't care. And I think that's what could make it a good fight. Is he's going to bring bring the fight to Lomachenko? So either we're gonna see some crazy stuff happen for Manny Pacquiao that we didn't know he could still do, or we're gonna get to really see Lomachenko have a guy who can who's got great hand speed come in at him and and get to see how marvelous he really is. So I, I look at that as. That's that's the intrigue for me as opposed to I'm sure Lomachenko's just gonna steamroll him type thing, you know what I mean? I guess. I mean it makes sense like in that situation, but just as a pure matchup and just <sighs> Yeah, I, I don't think that there's much of a chance Lomach I think Lomachenko's gonna have a better chance than Rigendal had. Yeah, I mean that's just because R- Rigendal just he mailed it in. I don't know what what happened with him that night. Rigondeaux looks like the angriest dude too. He he's like that like that dude who just comes to your counter to like buy something at the gas station and just doesn't say anything to you. And you're like, oh man. Hey, how's right. it going? Uh, oh, you got any gas today? Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's so mad. Yeah. It'll be interesting, you know. It's God. here's the one thing too. Dillian White's talking, and you know, this is key on Dillian White. You know, I, I want to fight Wilder because I'm as big of a deal as he is. Wilder's fight, his last fight with Luis Ortiz, cracked over I think 1.3 million watches on Showtime, one of the one of the most watched Showtime shows ever. Uh, Dillian White and Lucas Brown didn't even didn't even hit 390 thousand. Jeez. Shut up, Dillian White. <laughs> Dylon, Dylon, Dylon. There's an angry picture of Eddie Hearn, and it says, Hearn furious at Deontay Wilder's decision to skip Cardiff appearance. And there's just some angry picture of Eddie Hearn, and it's like, well, that's what fans think when they look at you, Eddie, so you can suck it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, nothing else too noted. Um Arthur Vedabiev, I guess, is struggling to try to get another opponent. Uh, people don't want to. <laughs> it's just kind of because the consensus of that division is 
Every, nobody wants to fight three of the champs, but everyone wants to fight the fourth champ. But that guy's in a bunker somewhere. Yeah. Oh, oh, better be of a pretty dangerous dude, man. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's what all I got. Um, we'll, we'll be in touch with you guys, like I said, as of when we're going to – we're going to get a show out next week. I just don't know the date. I don't know – you know, I don't want to – we're thinking Sunday the 8th, but it's going to be such chaos where I am and with everybody here for WrestleMania. And if WrestleMania doesn't end until 1130, you know, now we're going on midnight by the time we can come on air and it just – you know, it just, it'll get late, and I don't, I don't, you know, so, but we're going to show out to you guys at some point that within the next week from now, um, maybe a couple of days after Sunday, but we'll get something, like I said, Elijah's got some, got some things cooking here, we got some, some potential interviews coming that I think you're going to enjoy and really, really want to hear, really want to hear, uh, thanks to everyone listening, I'm going to go try to wind down before I start working again tomorrow, I can't wait, then. I'm so sick Far of sitting at I think that's the plan. I am on the one of the bosses, so if you'd like to accompany me in my death wish, Elijah, um, we can kill one of the brothers. Which brother? The the uh, the one in the bottom left corner. Okay. I've, I haven't made it to a boss yet. I'm getting close, but they started We're sending go. airplanes after They started sending airplanes after me in one of the areas I'm in now, so... <laughs> oh yeah thanks y'all for listening we're, as, as you can tell we're about to go play some video games we're going to have some fun we thank y'all for listening big things coming up stay in account guys we'll catch you later peace out goodbye using an overpriced trash bag pricey 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 a bag that breaks whippy 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 or a smelly bag stinky 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 time to switch to hefty ultra strong trash bags always at an ultra low price hefty 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 there are best bags yet and they cost less than glad force flex were sold head to head so you'll be happy 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 hefty ultra strong with arm and hammer odor control available at sam's club hefty 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 Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to hefty, ultra strong trash bags. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. There are best bags yet, and they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head to head. So you'll be happy, happy, happy. Hefty, ultra strong with Arm and Hammer odor control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Thank you.